Our work at KEHI matters, not only to impact the lives of our retail partners and suppliers, but to make a difference in our families, our communities, and even the world. Hello, my name is Adrienne Binder, and I'm your host for Fruit of Your Labor, a KEHI podcast. We aspire to update you on what's happening at KEHI and inspire you with the amazing stories of how you are working to make lives better. Enjoy the episode. Each September, the Kehi Cares Foundation hosts the Shaw Cup Golf Event to raise support for Kehi Cares partners who are making an impact in their local communities. Last year's event raised a record $300,000 for those in need. One of the organizations that received a portion of last year's fundraising is Dewana's Closet, located in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Their founder, Dewana Tarver, is here with me today to share more about her organization and what Dewana's Closet has been able to do as a result of the support that they received from last year's Shaw Cup. So Dewana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about your organization and your role within Dewana's Closet? I can. I am a grandmother, 64 years old, four beautiful grandchildren, and life was good, didn't have enough to do. So in 2016, I felt compelled to start a program that would provide for public school students in our parish things they needed to feel good in the classroom, whether that be new shoes, new pants, new underwear, shampoo, whatever. I wasn't an educator, had not been raised in an environment of a teacher's home where the teachers did things like that. I really didn't know that teachers provided things for students, but God just put that on my heart. And so in 2016, we opened Dewana's Closet. We're open strictly to the educators. We're not open to the public, but any teacher in our parish, we have parish, not counties like everybody else in Louisiana, but um, any teacher in a public school here can tell us what their child needs outside of the realm of books and things like that. And we provide that so that when that child sits sits in class, they feel and look like every other child. My husband was raised a little differently than I was. I was raised very upper middle income and very spoiled. My husband was the fourth of eight children. Parents went through a divorce and he said there were times that he would sit in class realizing that his shoes didn't look like everybody else or his blue jeans didn't look like everybody else. And uh, he had some teachers that believed in him and said, if we can keep this kid focused, he can he can get out of this and he can make something of himself. And today he owns a Toyota dealership. He is a state representative and he has done really well. And I'm convinced a big part of that is because teachers bought him blue jeans and bought him shoes and, and did things for him. And so that was a long introduction. But anyway, so that's how Dewana's Closet came to be. Um, and we will be seven years old in October. So that's how we started. So the mission of your organization is to fuel education and your community by empowering teachers and students. So can you dive into that a little more and explain to us what does that look like on a practical level? On a practical level, today, the day that we're actually filming this, um, we're open one day a week and teachers all week send us a list of what they need in their classrooms. Last week, we sent out 700 articles of new clothing and shoes. This week will be tremendously more than that. We're just getting started with school down here. We probably did close to 1,500 today. Uh, Everything we send out is brand new because we feel like these kids have enough going against them already. 
So that is what the clothing aspect looks like on a practical level. We also do school supplies. We didn't originally, but now have felt like we could get into that. So we have spent all week um, sending out for the kids that didn't have crayons, for the kids that didn't have pencils and pens, making sure those kids had everything they needed at that desk to do the work so they didn't have to look around and see who they could borrow things from. So on a practical level, uh, the teachers say we're like a little Amazon. They just send us that email and we deliver to them. And so that's kind of how it works, that aspect. And now we've gotten the way we found Kahi or Kahi found us was through our Food for Thought program, which we're just going into our third year in that program. Can you tell us a little bit more about that program? I can. We had, when we wrote our 501c3 originally, we included food. We did clothing, supplies, and food as our resources allow is how it's worded. Never really planning on going into food, but my husband just suggested we put it in there in case we ever did. Well, as soon as we started getting in the schools, we started hearing teachers tell us how a student would come on a Monday morning and they had headaches, they had stomach issues because they had not eaten all weekend. God started putting on my heart that that was something that we should do. But we were very secure. By this time, we were three or four years into our clothing program. We had it down good. We were funded. Everything was going great. So it was wonderful. And I was comfortable there. And But we kept hearing about these kids being hungry. A friend of ours that works with us has a sister-in-law worked for Kahi, and um, she wrote something about us and sent it to y'all, whoever y'all are, sent it off there. The next thing we knew, these two people were flying down to meet us, Randy and Kate. Well, at this time, we had not really, we weren't committed to doing a food program, was, you know, wasn't my thing, but they were coming, so we were going to let them come. And uh, my church, in the meantime, had, had had a building, and they said, hey, if you ever need the building for anything, let us know. So Randy and Kate come in, and I'm still resistant because I don't know anything about food. I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm over 60 years old. I don't need to take on new projects. So Randy and Kate came and met with two of my board of directors. When Randy and Kate left that night, um, my two board members said, we have to do this. We don't have a choice, which for them, I'm usually the one dragging them along and saying, we can do this. Come on, this will be cool. We can make this happen. And they're always like, oh, my God, you're crazy. There's no way we can do that. And this one, I was very resistant, but they were like, we're doing this. And so we, we are. So we started out the first year. Uh, Kahi generously gave us money. The building needed a roll-up door. They provided that. They have provided us or found someone to provide us with the forklift. They gave us money for shelving. They knew the stuff we were going to need because we had absolutely no clue. So we started the program fall 21 with 250 students a week. And then we ended last year at the end of our second year with 1,295 students each week that we're feeding. We are an area that was hit very hard in 2020 by Hurricane Laura. And um, three weeks later, we were hit by another hurricane, Hurricane Delta. So we are still three years later in recovery. We don't talk about it and we don't get on the news and complain about it, but we are an area that really suffered. Our state uh, food insecurity rate among students is about 25%. In our parish, it's about 33%. So uh, every stat we see shows there's about eight or 9,000 kids in our parish who go home on Friday and aren't sure they're going to have food until they get back on Monday. So there is definitely a need here. We've budgeted this year for... 1,500 kids. I'll tell you, we had budgeted last year for 1,000. And in October of last year, school started in August. By October, we were over that 1,000 and still right raising. And so I shot this email off to Randy that basically said, you got me in this mess. You get me out of this mess. 
but it was worded much nicer. And um, it's like, I, I, I can't do this. You know, I can't do this. And um, he just responded with the sweetest email about now is when faith kicks in and you're being tested. Anyway, uh, we, we made it and we finished the year at 1,295 kids. You know, everything is good. So Kahi has definitely been instrumental in getting this program started and in continuing uh, to encourage us along the way. That's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) I just like that's so many kids that you're having an impact on. Yeah. We had an elementary teacher that said they had a child that had been suspended and was going to be out of school, I think, for three days. And the child was crying, not because they were suspended, but because they would have no food because their food came from school. And so the teacher assured him that on Friday, when his food bag came, she would deliver it to his house. And so she did. And she said before he left, he was putting it into three piles because he had two siblings and that was the only food they had for the weekend. And um We just hear stories like that over and over and over again, where these kids are so dependent on on these bags. It's actually helped Friday attendance in schools because um, these kids know if they're not at school on Friday, they may not have any nutrition for the weekend. That's a really interesting unintended consequence, but in a positive way. Yeah, right. Yes, yes. Also, like, how dumb can you be to start this program in the middle of COVID when there's food shortages? So, like, we were like, you know, God's timing was not my timing, definitely, because uh, the first year we really had trouble getting food. Forget about the cost of food, just getting getting the food. Um, the food supply now has gotten better, but like the prices have, you know, increased, as you know. And uh, we sent Kate this year before we got ready to start buying. And we said, OK, this is everything we put in there. This is what we pay for it. You know, do you all have any substitutes or anyway, we're always looking looking for ways to keep our costs down. We're we're very cost conscious. We're just a bunch of old women and we know that every penny counts. And um, anyway, so, but we, we make, we make it work. We, we spend about $5, five, between $5 and $5.25 a bag. And they get 16 different items in those bags. Uh, We actually went to Kmart one day and stood and asked teenagers what they would eat. Like, would you eat Vienna sausage? Would you eat ramen noodles? And uh, it was interesting just because we don't want to send something home. I know I know the thing is, if you're hungry, you'll eat anything. But uh, we wanted to kind of make stuff that would eat. And so we, we experimented our own little experiments. Um, was there anything additional or, or specific that your organization was able to do um, because of the donation that you received through the Shot Cup last year? It helped us finish out the year. And so this year we decided our goal every year is to have money in the bank for the next year. So as of today or three days ago, I am now fundraising for next year. So that because I we don't want to go into the program in August or September and in March run out of money and have to tell those kids, we're sorry, we tried to make the year. When we start that year, we want to make sure that we have money to to sustain ourselves for a year. Yeah. Well, I mean, you even mentioned how you had planned on a thousand students and you ended up with more than that. So, you know, with that extra support, you were able to help additional children that, you know, you maybe didn't think you'd be able to. Yes. Seriously, I don't 
know that this program would be in existence if it weren't. I don't know if Kahi weren't here. I don't know that this program would be in existence. But you're coming down initially and encouraging us and then walking us along the way. I mean, I, I never dreamed that a bunch of 60-year-old women would need a forklift. We have a pretty red forklift. Y'all just didn't get us an ugly forklift. It's pretty <laughs> and red. So, and we're taking care of it. We have it serviced regularly and all that kind of stuff. Uh, having y'all initially tell us what we need and, and coming through. And then just the constant encouragement. I mean, you know, knowing that I can shoot off an email to Randy and he knows what to tell me. And then just the constant, here's a check, here's some food, just knowing that y'all are such a partner in this thing, but y'all are as as, a, as much a partner as we are. But it takes people like you and the other members of your organization who are out there on the front line doing this to make all of this possible. I mean, Katie right. Cares can come alongside, but it's the work that you're actually doing that makes the impact. We have even made our, our packing night is Tuesday night and we packed the 1,295 bags in about an hour and a half. It goes pretty fast, but we have made the packing event a family event so that people bring in their kids and they, they know what they're doing and they know why they're doing it. We, we try to, and then when we go into the schools to drop off the food, we're not just delivery people. We're trying to minister to those secretaries and those people we have a, a contact with to let them know if there's other needs that we can meet, please let us know. So it's just opened up a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities that we did not see originally would come out of it. One of the things is kind of cool. My niece attends one of the schools that we provide about 160 bags a week to. And uh, one week she came and asked me, she said, I want a bag. I can't get a bag and they won't give me a bag. But I, and I thought, how great that that food, that that a school is handling it in such a way that it's not a negative thing. It's cool to get a purple bag. You're a lucky kid if you get a purple bag. And that's what we, we try to give these kids as much dignity as we can. So the schools have come up with different ways of doing it that don't embarrass the child. And that was very, very important to us. I can see how that would be a really important part of the program and part of what makes it so successful. What big dreams do you have for your organization? <laughs> Sky's the limit. Someday we're not needed. That would be my dream. That would be my dream. <laughs> if I have to have a, a happy dream, then that would be that we could provide every child in the parish with a purple bag. Like that would be really cool if we could provide all 30,000 kids with a purple bag. Well, Joanna, it sounds like your organization is just an absolute blessing to the community that you're in. And I know that Kehi Cares is very excited and happy to partner with you and to be able to support the work that you do. So thank you for joining the podcast today and for sharing more information about your organization so our employees know what the work that they do every day is supporting. Well, they are definitely making a difference in the lives of children in Southwest Louisiana. To our Kiki employees, if you want to learn more about Dewana's Closet, you can visit their website at dewanascloset.com. Or if you want to learn even more about their Food for Thought program, you can visit their site at swlafoodforthought.org. 